like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. So here's the scenario. You get a new BDSM book and you open it up and you start reading the list of red flags. And then you're suddenly thinking to yourself, um, I'm pretty sure I'm dating a serial killer. Primal Piggy here with this uh, BDSM United podcast. Today we'll be talking about red flags. We'll talk about vetting and uh, not just vetting like new potential play partners, but also vetting uh, existing relationships. A lot of times we forget to do that. We, if we're already in a pre-existing relationship and we're attempting to add BDSM to that relationship, a lot of times we forget to do the vetting to see if, uh, as a couple, even though you're possibly a vanilla couple or a couple in some other arrangement, friends or whatever, um, a lot of times we fail to consider are we compatible for what we want in BDSM or what we want out of BDSM or what we're wanting to do, what role or identity we're wanting to assume within BDSM culture and are we even compatible? Uh, because if you both want to be the dominant and no one wants to be the submissive, you know, it, and it's, uh, you know, your choice, uh, you may have some problems. So when you start getting involved in BDSM, it may not be, you may not be compatible together. So you have to decide whether or not this culture is right for you and only you can decide that or you have to decide whether you want to have kink outside of this pre-existing relationship. Uh, that could look like non-monogamy, but also it could just look like topping or bottoming with nothing inherently sexual involved, with just kink involved. So, you know, there's lots of possibilities. Uh, but back to what I was talking about at the beginning is, you know, you read this list of red flags, and we often identify and see pieces of different ones of these. this list that I'll go through in a moment. And we're like, I think there's something terribly wrong with this partner that I'm involved with. First, let me reassure you that uh, red flags don't mean don't necessarily mean that you have to run the other way. Uh, they don't mean that you have to leave your existing partner because suddenly all of these red flags are somebody you've been living with for twenty years. Uh, the red flags just are uh, are things to stop for a moment and seek some clarity. Let me see what's you know what's what's going on. Let me find some clarity. I see an inconsistency with what you're communicating and with what in and with who you really are. Let me uncover what that inconsistency is. Let me see if in fact maybe you have uh, a rug made of human hair in your basement filled with body part freezers full of body parts. You know, let me investigate before I decide that uh, to let you tie me up. <laughs> and so red flags are 
what I said. There are inconsistencies um, between, oftentimes between what somebody says about themselves or what they present on social media or what they present in the public, just the, their, pers- their persona that they give uh, to strangers especially. And uh, so it's inconsistencies between that and between who you're finding, who they really are, who they authentically are when you dig beneath the surface, when you learn about their uh, possibly their religious beliefs, their political beliefs, when you're learning about their worldview, uh, when you're learning just a lot more about them as a person and how they act. And when you, you know, and then as you begin to see different actions take place, you may see inconsistencies. Somebody may tell you that they're a philanthropist and they're very generous, but if you walk by a uh, homeless person on the side of the street and they snub their nose and I wouldn't give that man any money, you know, or whatever it is, it may be an in- a slight inconsistency with between who they say they are or the picture they paint about themselves and who they actually are. And when you seek clarity, it may just be that the person had been robbed by a homeless person. And so they may have some trauma that is associated and is clouding, you know, there uh, is causing that slight inconsistency. So we seek for clarity. We don't just go, oh, that person's a liar. I can't trust them. I need to get out of this relationship right now. And that's not the case all the time. Oftentimes on internet forums, you'll get people that will uh, mention a red flag and people will in the comments will be like, run, 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 run the other way, run. That's really bad advice. Seek clarity. See what's causing the inconsistency before you before you abandon this investment that you've made, uh, or even if it's a slight investment. Don't just ghost people just because you see one red flag. There may be something underlying there. Um, I will note this: is I we don't want to be ableists. We don't want to be prejudiced against people with disabilities, and and people may be displaying what we think is a red flag. It may be neurodivergent or neurotypical brain behavior. It you know they may be uh, some somewhere on the autistic spectrum. They may uh, they may even be undiagnosed. They may have some type of mental a mental disorder. They may have a disability. They, you know, there's all different types of things, and so we don't want to necessarily be prejudiced against people unnecessarily we want to seek clarity and with just slight communications we can go you know it it you know oh i see that you're not dangerous you're just you know you're just different you're not dangerous you're just different than me you know they're different than what you know than what i thought or what i assumed or different than the prejudice or the stereotype that i tried to fit you within and so Red flags are uh, behavioral warning signs that something is not quite right. These behaviors are not specific to any gender, any sexual orientation, or relationship structure. And while these warning flags are equally you know, apply equally to straight folk and kinky folk, you're probably going to have a statistically greater chance of finding some of these uh, people within BDSM that are um, a bit more dangerous simply because of the, what we do with the sadism and masochism. Uh, predators sometimes hide more easily within BDSM culture. 
Uh, we try to police our own community and we try to do our best. We try to provide opportunities. Like I've hosted many munches and uh, munches are like social gatherings in the kink world. They're uh, made in public places and they're usually with food and sometimes with, with drinks. And uh, they are uh, safe places for people to have first meetings and for us uh, as a local community to help vet one another uh, and help people vet their potential play partners or potential life partners. And they're safe places uh, for, uh, you know, introductions and things like that. So we try to, uh, even as hosts, we've had to ask people to leave. We've seen predatory behavior as a host of a munch, uh, you know, within somebody who's attending, and we've had to uninvite them and tell them, no, they need to leave. Uh, when we do munches, for instance, we don't give out the location, the address to just everyone. We only give it out, uh, we, like we don't give it out publicly. We only give it out to those who RSVP after we've done just a little bit of vetting to make sure that, uh, you know, they, they are a good fit for people within our community. So we do a little bit of vetting, not, not very extensive, but a little bit before we even invite the person or, you know, accept the person's RSVP to the munch. So that's just something that we do. We, you know, we want our munches to be, you know, safe places. We want to try to root out predators as best as we can. And then you have a personal responsibility within BDSM culture to, um, uh, to look at the red flags uh, and and see them for what they are and seek clarity. And if you find somebody who's dangerous to run and if you see somebody uh, talking with that same dangerous person, you may want to note, hey, I checked them and they were I found some inconsistencies. Make sure you are you vet them well too. Maybe they weren't a good fit for you. Maybe they're a better fit for someone else. We don't exactly know, you know, what uh, someone else is looking for. And so uh, if they are very, uh, you know, if you do play with somebody and they assault you, for instance, or they break your limits and you see them RSVP to an event, it's a good idea to contact the host and tell them, I've played with that person and they don't play safely. I've played with that person and they violate limits. Uh, they don't follow negotiations or, you know, they didn't, they did something that was uh, rapey or something that was assault uh, and, uh, you know, let us know, let people that are in those positions know so that we can somewhat blacklist those people and try to uh, keep them away from those within our community because we have, we care about our BDSM community. And so we try to police ourselves as best as, as we can. And so, uh, you know, so what if you have uh, become involved with somebody and you start reading these red flags and you're like, wow, I, I think this person may be dangerous. Well, you don't play with them. <laughs> you, you end the relationship. You don't owe anyone anything. You don't owe anyone an explanation. You don't owe anyone you know, you, you the you don't you just don't owe anyone anything. You can ghost them. You can you you can uh, cancel them. You can say, look, I just don't want anything more to do with you. It's over. I just I don't want any more communication. Don't don't. You can block them on social media. Or you can do what you need to do. Uh, if they're dangerous, just you know, don't 
don't let them be a part of your life or a potential uh, for your for playing. Um, it's very serious in our culture. Our culture is very, you know, uh, takes these matters very seriously. We take the issue of predators very seriously um, because you can put yourself in situations that are fatal. Uh, you, we, the things we do are risky, and I, as I said in a previous uh, podcast, some of the some of these things can be considered criminal. Uh, like uh, you, it's impossible, or not impossible, but it's not legal for in some places to give consent to uh, S and M uh, impact play. And so, if you do impact play, you're you're risking, you know, if you decide to, you you may be risking, uh, you know, legal allegations that could be brought against you if the person uh, decided that they wanted to, that they didn't, after the fact that they didn't like the scene, and they could charge you with something. They could go to the police and have you charged with assault. And so, you know, the, these are risks. So we want to make sure we're playing with someone who is, is safe, someone who's sane, and someone who understands what consensual is about. And so... uh I don't want to make it the, the uh, I want to get to the list. I don't want to belabor the point too much. I do want to share one scenario though. So, uh, uh, just a couple Christmases ago, um, uh, a young man uh, hooked up on a dating site called Grinder. Uh, this is a homosexual dating site. It's uh, it's kind of like a Tinder, and where it is notorious for people hooking up mainly for sex, sometimes for kink. Uh, you know, just generally it's a not looking for long-term relationships, but looking for short-term relations. And uh, so the a man, you know, they were talking, and for whatever reason, they uh, the person they met and they and when they met, uh, they didn't follow any really good protocol. They didn't have like a safe call or they didn't have, uh, they didn't. They, they didn't tell anyone exactly where they were meeting and those types of things. It was a little bit hush hush or whatnot. And uh, the man, the young man, went missing. He met somebody on Grinder and he went missing for several days and they couldn't find him. Uh, he just uh, his phone didn't work and they just couldn't contact him. It went straight to voicemail and then they just realized that the mail voicemail box was full. And some they you know thought the worst something was wrong. They knew something was wrong. They reported him missing, and uh, ultimately, like I said, it was right around Christmas time. The man was found dangling, uh, hanging, uh, you know, tied up by his wrists in another man's basement, dead, and the person had mutilated his genitals and possibly even cannibalized him to some extent. And so, you know, we ha we take these things very seriously. We want to be, uh, we don't want to just hook up with random people. We don't want to play too fast. We don't want to meet in uns under unsafe and secretive circumstances. We want to, you know, take things a little bit slow uh, because we don't want to end up dead. I don't want to shame the victim in that because, you know, it's, uh, you know, when you're facing somebody who's a predator, we just want to do our best to try to figure it out. But I just wanted to use his story 
to you know just to help show not not to shame him as a victim and say he didn't vet correctly or he didn't know he didn't he ignored any red flags i don't want to say that because i don't know whether that's the case or not but we do just want to show the seriousness of what's involved of you know you can end up dead you can end up hanging and mutilated and cannibalized and all kinds of different things you can uh, show up thinking that one person is going to be there and there's five people there to rape you. And you, you can, you know, there's just lots of different possibilities of how things can go terribly wrong within the BDSM community. So we definitely want to do our due diligence to look for these red flags. We want to look for them in, those are, we're talking about potential play partners, but we also want to look for these within our pre-existing relationships. We want to see if we are compatible to engage in BDSM because we can be in a vanilla relationship for many years. But if you add BDSM play, you're adding a different element. You're adding a lot of different elements. You're adding maybe power exchange. Uh, you may be adding, uh, you know, things like impact and, and kink and rough play and primal. And there's all these different kinds of elements. We want, you know, maybe somebody isn't going to be good with safety. Uh, that you're, you know, they're, they're a great husband, but they're not great with safety. Or they're a great wife, but they're not great with safety. And so, you know, they just, their personality just doesn't quite fit. So we definitely want to look. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, some of the different ones are red flags. Uh, here's a group of them, and it's under the heading, they try to isolate you. Um, do, uh, it's a red flag if they try to limit your access to others in your life, your friends, your family, and the BDSM community. If they have a grudge against the B their local BDSM community, it's a possible red flag. Why do you have a grudge? You know, Why do you feel these people all wronged you? Is it legitimate or did you do something dangerous and they held you accountable for it? You know, just something to ask to seek clarity. No judgment, just clarity. Uh, forbids contact with others or undermines relationships or activities. Is, is negative and unsupportive of your other established relationships. If you're polyamorous and they start to try to come in and, uh, and hijack your relationship, if they try to steal you away, uh, you know, that can be a problem. Uh, monitors your communications, your emails, your phone calls, your chats. Uh, may, want to, may want you to quit your job or give up your car or your telephone or wants to control your finances. Uh, in an established MS relationship, some of these things uh, may take place. They take place after a long period of consideration, a long time of negotiation, a long time, a long relationship, some of these things. Uh, it's not that, uh, you know, uh, may uh, take place, but out of, a, out of wanting, your, wanting their devotion, wanting you, wanting you to give them their, your devotion, not necessarily isolate you just to, to uh, be anything destructive in your life. Um, uh, habitually calls and or visits unexpectedly, refuses to allow you a safe call, uh, becomes... Angry if you question them or show them or show signs of independence or strength. You don't submit to anyone right away. You don't seek to dominate someone right away. That's not how BDSM works. We, you have to earn someone's trust, and you earn it. 
and then and then you you enter into once you have negotiations in a contract, whether formal or verbal or verbal, you enter into a dynamic of submission and and or dominance. And so um, perhaps so it's a red flag if they're deceptive. And here's some of those types of ways. Um, is reluctant to give you personal or factual information about themselves. That's a really big one. There's a lot of people that uh, use BDSM as a means to try to cheat on uh, others or other relationships that they have. And so if they don't want you to, if you can only call them between the hours of one and two in the morning, <laughs> you know, it may, that may be, that's definitely a red flag. You know, if you can't text them at any time, no, you know, they, you may not, they may not answer your text, but if you can't just send them a text at any time, cause they're afraid that's usually because they're afraid somebody's going to read that text. And a lot of times they go, oh, I don't want my kids to find out. And they'll use these different deceptive ways. No, you don't want your spouse to find out. <laughs> that's that's usually the way it goes. Uh, refuses to give their marital status when asked uh, before a first meeting. Um, gives inconsistent or conflicting information or details about themselves or past events. Uh, maybe somebody's you know trying to inflate who they are. Uh, maybe they'll tell you that they've been involved in the in BDSM for 20 years, but then they can't give you any references. You've got to play with somebody in 20 years. You got somebody's got to know. You got to have attended one event in 20 years. My goodness, um, you know, just something. You got to have something. You know, uh, something to show for that 20 years. That supposed 20 years. Oftentimes, 20 years is just like this. You know, thing that people someone makes up. They they grade themselves on a curve and inflate. Uh, you know, the the four years that they've been involved into 20. Um, has very limited times, places, methods where you're able to contact them and gets angry if you try to make contact outside of those conditions. That's a big red flag. Uh, does not give you their home or work phone numbers at the appropriate time. You don't give out your phone number to somebody that, you, you know, before a first meeting. You don't give you don't if some if you're not sure about somebody you don't give them access to contact you you want to give you want to only give them uh un, you don't want to give them unrestricted access to contact you it's very in it's very inconvenient to have to change your phone number it's very inconvenient to have to change your email address that you've used for a long time it's very it's more convenient to put, give them a kick or something that's more anonymous. But still, you know, or maybe uh, it, it's more it's convenient. It's more convenient. You can there's features where you can block them on Facebook, for instance, or or Snapchat or one, whatever you're on. You can block them on Insta. But, you know, it's it, but changing your telephone number can be very difficult. Changing your physical street address is going to be next to impossible. You're not going to want to have to get up out and move out of your home into another home to uh, get away from a dangerous stalker. So you're not going to want to give somebody your home phone number or your cell phone number or your home address before a first meeting. That's insane. You want to find out that the person's safe and they're not creepy and they're not, you know. <sighs> so just don't do it. But at the appropriate time, when you've been playing together for a while or been dating for a while, it's it's 
uh, you know, that's when, you know, giving your home phone number is probably a good idea. If, and if they're not willing to do it, they may be afraid. You're going to need to see clarity. Why are you, who are you afraid of answering the telephone? Because if it's your kid, I can say I'm just a friend. I'm just a friend. But if it's your wife, they're going to be really upset, you know. And, and I'm going to be upset that you have a wife and you didn't tell me, you know, something like that. So has multiple online identities for interacting within the same communities. That's kind of, you know, a red flag. Why did they have to create so many? And so do they get, you know, do they get put in Facebook jail a lot because they don't know how to have, uh, you know, have good, have self-control and work within the limits or the boundaries uh, set by the community that they're involved in? So if you're involved in Facebook, but you push the limits beyond uh, beyond the community standards and you keep getting dinged for it and put in, in Facebook jail, for instance, I know, I know it's difficult, but if that person is a submissive and they are, they're pushing the boundaries, it may tell or a potential submissive. It may tell me something about their ability to, uh, you know, will they push my boundaries? You know, what, will they violate my limits? They're violating these community standards. If they're driving, if they always drive over the speed limit and never never within the bounds of the system that they live within or 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 choose to drive within if they're always pushing those boundaries how do i know that they won't push my boundaries how do i know that they won't break my limits if they'll break the speeding limit just things to consider things that uh, you need clarity on you know maybe they're just a bad driver we don't want to necessarily hold that against them. Uh, cheats on you, it's a big red flag, uh, gives the impression of being very successful without any evidence of real success, disappears from communication for days or weeks at a time without explanation. Um, your phone, phones don't just die and then re, you know, come back to working. Phone plans don't just get cut off unexpectedly all the time, you know, and... People don't just, oh, I had to spend, you know, weeks in the hospital just, but I couldn't call you to tell you because I didn't care enough or whatever. And then people aren't going, aren't regularly getting put in comas, not generally. So if it seems too good to be true, oftentimes it is, especially when you're first meeting or, or you're seeing a potential for somebody. That's maybe drama that you just don't want in your life. There's nothing against them. You just don't necessarily need that drama in your life, perhaps. And so um, is evasive about their activities, especially unexplained absences. Uh, primarily interacts with you in a kinky or sexual manner as if role-playing. If they just, you know, if you're asking them about their childhood or something like that, um, you, you know, you don't want, it, you know, you don't want them to be flirting with you. You want just serious, you know, hey, I'm just, trying to hear about your childhood, just get, you know, just get a sense for who you are on your serious side, you know, or, or if you're never serious and you're always joking, what are you, uh, you know, to me, what are you, um, what do you, what are you insecure about that you always have to be joking and can't be serious? And so uh, we'll, we'll not have normal everyday vanilla conversations. Uh, it's okay to, for your, for, your relationship to revolve almost exclusively around kink because that's what our culture is. It's not okay for it to 
for them to not be able to, you know, talk about anything, uh, you know, just to have any small talk at all. And so uh, you're not just there as a as a hookup, you know. Nobody wants to, or people generally don't just want to be the hookup. And so uh, they don't want to necessarily be objectified like that. They want to be uh, personified. They want to have a person, uh, you know, about them, especially at the beginning. Maybe down the road that may be a kink that you're involved in, but not all, you know, not right at the beginning. Not when you're, you want somebody to get to know you and be able to connect. You want to be able to make some kind of connection with them. Um, your friends warn, uh, they behave oddly. Your, your friends warn you against that person. Um, they're a critical of the public BDSM community and they won't participate in, uh, munches or parties or clubs. Uh, they're critical of many respected members of the BDSM community and they have interpersonal conflicts with other BDSMers. Um, they have no apparent BDSM references or friends that you can talk to. And they become angry or change the topic or they answer questions with questions or they end the conversation when you ask personal questions or about BDSM or ask for references. I uh, may give you made-up names of friends, but you can't verify that they even exist. Uh, has bad or no relationships with their biological family. Not always, uh, you know, a terrible thing. I mean, a lot of people's biological families... Uh, won't have things to do with them because they're involved in kink or they're part of the LGBTQ community or, or any other number of things. Some people, if they even if they just have tattoos, their family doesn't want anything to do with them. You know, family can be petty oftentimes. And so uh, it's not, you know, like I said, it's not a run, but it's just like, let me seek clarity. Like, you know, why, you know, what is it about your family? You know, if you're wanting to be anything more, then, you know, who am I going to have to interact with? Who am I going to have to watch for in the grocery store if I'm your boyfriend or girlfriend or your submissive or your dominant? And so uh, seems insecure. They often exaggerate. They deflect or blame others for things going wrong and resorts to extreme measures to prove that they themselves are not at fault. They uh, don't take personal responsibility when things go badly and they won't acknowledge their own mistakes. I mean, this is quite a long list, and so I can go through a lot of these different ones, but, you know, we're kind of coming up on the end on a 30-minute mark here, and so I'll just mention just a couple. Uh, you don't want somebody who's disrespectful. That could be a red flag. They don't respect your feelings, your rights, or your opinions. Uh, they're rude to people when you're out, such as waitresses or cashiers or janitors, and they display little concern or awareness for the feelings or needs of others. They don't seem to say thank you or excuse me or I'm sorry to anyone. Um, they are manipulative. They try to make you feel guilty for not being good enough or, or smart enough or pretty enough or any of those kinds of things. They say that you're not a true submissive or a true slave or a true dom. They belittle your ideas. They blame you for their own hurt feelings and anger outbursts, and they blame you for their relationship problems or they yell or they threaten to withdraw their love or leave you if you don't do as they wish. Uh, they're inconsistent. They don't keep their word. They break promises. They make plans with you and then they make excuses for changing those plans. They treat you lovingly and respectfully one day and then harsh the next. Uh, they go through extreme highs 
behavior behaving with great kindness and then pronounced lows behaving with cruelty. Uh, maybe they're domineering. And, you know, you may see some of these if you're looking for somebody who's a dominant, but you can be a dominant and be assertive, but you don't necessarily want somebody who's domineering. Someone who pressures you into doing things you don't want to do, who doesn't respect your limits, your negotiations, your contracts, uh, pushes you too quickly into a DM or an MS or a polyamorous or non-monogamous relationship, uh, pushes you into a sexual relationship too fast, um, is, uh, you know, pushes you to look for a third or a unicorn, uh, overly demanding of your time, must be the center of your attention, uh, insists that safe words or safe calls are not necessary, and that can't give you a logical reason why, but it's just their opinion. Um, uh, or I won't tell you what they will use to replace those things if they don't want those things. Um, is intemperate. They're, um, they spend money largely and inappropriate on luxury items. They abuse alcohol or drugs, gamble excessively, constantly ask for money or material goods from you and others. They fall in love with you way too fast. They swear their undying love before they even uh, meet you. Uh, they they begin saying things like, uh, I can't live without you, or uh, do what you want with me, or I don't have any limits, or I'm willing to try everything once. That's a really big one. Really, anything? Yeah, you may want to, you know, you may not have done your homework on what limits are. And so you definitely want some, you know, that's definitely a red flag where you want to see clarity and maybe educate them a bit. Uh, deliberately says or does things that result in getting themselves hurt. Um, maybe they're temperamental, and I'm getting here towards the end here, so not too many. Maybe they're temperamental. They lose control of their emotions and arguments. They raise their voice. They yell. They call you names. They use force or violence to solve problems. They punch walls or throw things when they're upset. They turn on their peers, quickly going from a best friend to an arch enemy, uh, often for trivial or imagined reasons. They speak badly of others particularly of people with whom they were once good friends. They display a disproportionate negative reaction to being told no. Um, they hold excessive grudges against people. They threaten suicide or other forms of self-harm. They're hypersensitive and easily upset by annoyances that are a part of everyday life. Um, maybe they have certain established behaviors that are red flags. Uh, they themselves were victims of abuse. Uh, their abuse may be a learned behavior, and it may be um, a behavior that they're, uh, you know, that they may fall back, they may fall into themselves, uh, given, you know, the given too much stress or anxiety put on them. Um, they may exhibit cruel behavior towards animals. Uh, they might admit to hitting a partner in the past, but claims that the partner made them do it. Uh, they may be hit in an abusive, harmful way, not hit in a BDSM impact play, pleasure play kind of way. And so it was quite a list. You know, there was a lot of different traits on there. Um, maybe within your vanilla relationship that you've had, if you're looking at this list from a pre-existing relationship, maybe, you know, some of these things hitting the walls or something like that may have been um, you know, may have, you know, maybe your partner may have done that when they were angry in the past. And, you know, these are things that, you know, if they hit walls like that, you know, possibly you may not 
you know, feel comfortable tied up with them with a paddle in their hand. These are considerations that you definitely need to make for yourself. So you definitely want to look for red flags, even within pre-existing relationships. And you just want to look for these red flags. Uh, you can, you know, rewind this uh, podcast and listen again. Uh, you can find lists of red flags all throughout Google, BDSM red flags. Uh, I made a previous uh, podcast and video about this as well, where I talked about a lot of these different things. It's definitely a subject that we cannot talk about enough because, you know, our, our life is, our lives are precious and they hang in the balance a lot of times. Uh, we want to be aware of all the risks involved and we want to be aware of the risks that people may pose. And so we want to try to mitigate the amount of risk we're putting ourselves in when we're already doing risky behaviors like S&M or uh, bondage and discipline. If we're allowing someone access to uh, our psyche or to us psychologically to uh, train us to be a, you know, a slave or to be a submissive uh, to them, then we want to know that we're going to be cared for and we're going to be shaped and molded into some into someone who is is a into a positive DS or MS relationship, one that's positive for us, and not just be manipulated and not just be um, abused or mentally abused or taken advantage of. Uh, we may want to be somebody's sex slave, for instance, but we don't want to. You know, we we may not want to just be that. We may want them to actually care for us, too. We may not just want to be used indiscriminately at any given time, all the time, and just be used like a piece of meat all the time. That may not be our thing. And so we definitely need to play with the right partners, the partners that are right for us. And we need to... Uh, uh, if we, you know, if we see these red flag behaviors, uh, just realize that it's not our responsibility. We're not professionals. It's not our responsibility to cure someone or change someone, but it's our responsibility as not to play with someone. So we don't play with someone who has really bad red flags and can't account for inconsistencies and can't give unnecessary clarity. We just don't play with those people. We don't do BDSM with them. And if we're in a relationship with them, we still continue to be, uh, may continue to be uh, with a vanilla partner of them, but we just don't bring BDSM into the mix with them because it's not going to necessarily turn out well or turn out as we hope that it would in that situation. I'm Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy. You can also find uh, the website that I'm a part of, the, the BDSM education site called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape. You can find them on Facebook at the letters W-C-D-T-B-D-S-M. All those letters together stands for Whips, Chains, Duct Tape. You know, the first letter of each one of those in BDSM. All together, W-C-D-T-B-D-S-M on Facebook. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, continue to subscribe to them. And continue to listen. You know, you may want to go back and scroll back and listen if you've listened this long. You may want to listen to some of the past episodes. I think we have about 23 or 24 at this point. So go back and listen to some in the archives. You, I, I think that you'll enjoy some of them. All right. Thank you very much. Have a great day.